Welcome into the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. It's Marley Weirda here, and we are bringing you another edition of Sunday No Huddle. We're joined, as always, by our analyst, Robert Rosenthal, from IlliniBoard.com. He actually drove to Rutgers this weekend. He made the 12-hour trip to New Jersey and drove back on Sunday morning to be with us to break down the Illini game and how they did against Rutgers. So here's a look at our conversation. We welcome in our analyst, Robert Rosenthal from IlliniBoard.com. Robert, you're straight off the road, made the trip from the East Coast back to Champaign today. What do you make of this first win on the road for the Illini? Well, there was an orange and blue sunset tonight as I approached uh, Champaign area. And, uh, you know, it's it's just nice for these players who have been under so much pressure and everything else to, to pull out a win like that, especially at the very end. You know, I, I, I said after the game that, you know, for, for the game to end with the with the Rutgers guy and the, they're trying the lateral play and for it to end over on the Illinois sideline with everybody celebrating together, you know, you just feel good for them. They, they needed a win. They needed a moment. They needed to rally around something. and. And to have Isaiah Williams come in and, and perform like he did, it's just, it's a good feeling for the program. Right. And I don't think, maybe we expected to be here in Lovey Smith's fifth year saying, oh, this is a great win for Illinois to have beaten Rutgers. Correct. Correct. <laughs> it should be, well, obviously they took care of Rutgers and, you know, you combine this with the Minnesota and Purdue wins and they're really on to something and that type of thing. That's what, that was the hope for this season. So, yeah, there's, there's a long road back starts with a win like this, but it's going to have to include some upsets, maybe even starting this next weekend. Now, Isaiah Williams was a big recruit for the Illini out of high school. I think he he proved himself as, as just that. Yeah, I think it was, you know, for the ESPN college football show to give him a helmet sticker to say, wow, this kid, you know, like, you know, you see what this kid did for Illinois. Illinois hasn't had a player like that, hasn't had a moment like that, hasn't had a, wow, this is – you know, this is the, the kind of recruit that usually goes to Clemson or Alabama doing something in Champaign. So it's it's good for the program. It's it's great for him. You know, he's waited his turn and, you know, even would have started the last two weeks, but he was out for contact tracing, so he didn't really even do anything. He just has to quarantine for 14 days. So it's really great for him to have this moment and to, and to you know, to pull it out like he did. Yeah, and next week, Brandon Peters will likely be the starter, but given what you saw from Isaiah Williams, do you think there's potential for them to, to mix him in here and there? Oh, I absolutely do. Like, I, it, you know, it's, it's a very interesting, you know, just in a sports sense, it's a very interesting scenario. You have the entrenched starter, but you have the, the biggest game for a running quarterback in an offense that has a history of running quarterbacks. Uh, and that's what kind of turns your season around a little bit and gets you the first win. And so if, you know, after two punts at Nebraska, it, you know, there's a fan base and, and there's, there's going to be a lot of pressure behind Lovey to, hey, let's, let's see that offense from, from last week because, you know, obviously it was a real thing and 300-some rushing yards is a, is a tangible thing that they can build on. So it's going to be very interesting. I don't feel, though, quite yet the offense is where it, it's supposed to be for this team and the talent. Of course, Isaiah Williams comes in. You know, he's not the strongest passer, as we know, but I just don't feel they're at that point yet. You, you, you're right. It's, it's interesting, you know, 
it's the old two quarterback debate. Like if you have Peters running this set of plays and, and Williams running this other set of plays, that seems like something that would work. It works at other positions that you have this linebacker for, for, for these downs and these linebackers for the rush downs and things like that. But never seems to work. You need a leader. You need a, a quarterback. And so they have a really interesting issue on their hands of obviously you want to go to the senior. Obviously he's a freshman and is still going to need some time. But I mean, 195 rushing yards is 195 rushing yards. Right, and I'm kind of excited for, you know, way in the future for this kid. I mean, he sort of proved himself as, as a good investment. I think this is a game that we'll look back on maybe in, in four years from now and say, oh, remember when Isaiah Williams did this and he's, you know, leading the team as a senior. I think you're right. And, and it was very interesting that after the game, one of his comments was how – didn't say proud of himself, but he focused on his last throw. There's 12 seconds left. They hit, they have the penalty. They're they're now out of field goal range. They basically have one play to get into field goal range and then kick the field goal. And he throws his best throw of the day, a back shoulder throw to Casey Washington. They get 13 yards. It puts them back in field goal range and they hit the winning field goal. So for him to have like a little moment like that at the end of the game of like, hey guys, I'm not just a running guy. I can you know once once I have this down, once the nerves go away, I can be a passer. That that was interesting. So it's certainly something to to build on and look toward the toward next year. Do you think that was the play of the game? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. I mean, it's a. I, I compared it to an NFL play. We see that so much <laughs> in the NFL that some star quarterback is going to be like, okay, we have basically one play, and it's got to be the perfect throw, and he's got to get out of bounds so that we can kick this field goal, and he, and he made the throw. So, yeah, it was definitely a play of the game. And we definitely can't ignore some of the takeaways. I think they set a big tone for the team in this game. Definitely. Like, you know, the second half – I guess was a lot like Michigan State uh, last year that, you know, every second half drive is seemingly ending in a fumble or an interception that, you know, it was interesting that of the last four Rutgers drives, three ended with an interception and one they had to punt, but on third down, Illinois dropped an interception. So it could have been four consecutive drives with an interception. And that's what this defense is built on. It's what it's supposed to do. So it was, you know, encouraging to see. Now you got to see it against somebody besides Rutgers. Right. I think we're kind of now starting to see it take form a little bit, but can they maintain it, do you think? Yeah, that's it. I mean, last year, the last second field goal was over Wisconsin. It was a massive win. This year, it was over Rutgers, who you <laughs> should be beating anyway when they're in their first year with a new coach and and starting another rebuilding thing so um so yeah it's not the same but it can be a spark and you know they have all the opportunity in the world to go out and prove something against nebraska now they're halfway through the season if you don't count that one extra game at the end is there still time for them to make a turnaround i mean obviously you look at the ohio state game and say okay let's let's not fool ourselves uh, you know they're on their way to the playoff um, but the other three games, Nebraska, Iowa, and Northwestern are all, okay, you know, you, you, you didn't beat Minnesota. You didn't beat Purdue. These, those are maybe the five teams you were supposed to go head-to-head -head with this year and, and compare yourself to. So you're 0-2 in those two games. You have three more. You probably needed to go 3-5 in those. So, hey, time to win these three games and prove you can, you can stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the other teams in the Big Ten West. Okay. And Northwestern, I think, was ranked this week. Yes. Or... Yes. I mean, how crazy. <laughs> it's incredible. From the Big Ten championship game in 2018 to three and nine last year, and now, you know, right back up. But, I mean, it's an example of what 
typically happens when you have everybody back. Northwestern has the most starters back in the country. They, they basically last year went really young and played everybody and lost games and retooled everything. And now with everybody having one, two, three years of starting experience, they've, they've made this leap. So, you know, it's kind of what you wanted to see in Champaign with so many players back. And hey, Illinois, they're not dead last. They're better than That's right. Penn, Penn State. State. <laughs> yes. Yes. When you look at the combined wins, Penn <laughs> State, Michigan State, Michigan, it's it's insane. I think we knew that going in that the that a COVID season is gonna be a little weird like that. People will be missing players and you know, some teams are really prepared in the off season. They they kept their guys working out at home when they were quarantined and and other other teams just didn't handle it correctly. And I think you're seeing some of that, but yeah, to see Indiana 4-0 in the top 10 and to see Penn State 0-4, it boggles the mind. Yeah, everything is upside down. That's right. But hey, it's, it's 2020, you know, what, That's right. what else That's could right. go wrong, I guess. But yep. I, I feel a little bit better about, you know, maybe them having some, some more pieces. Of course, Brandon Peters coming back next week, um, but a big loss to the offensive line. I think Alex Palczewski, his status is still up in the air. I mean, what could that, if he's out for the rest of the season, what could that mean for this I team? Mean, uh, it would be massive because, you know, you, you had some other guards you knew who would be behind him. You really didn't know who the third tackle would be. And, and I think Julian Pearl from Danville, he, pl yeah. he played okay and he, and he didn't, you know, they, they, they have something there. They liked him. You know, he's kind of an athletic kid. They wanted to add 50 pounds to his frame and see if he could maybe be a, a big 10 tackle. So, you know, we're going to see, right? Like, you know, Nebraska, Ohio State, Iowa, Northwestern, you know, it's going to be, if Palcho is out, it's time to, to see what Pearl has for the future. Right. And I wanted to ask you about Milo Eifler, too, because you were at the game, you know, mm -hmm. you saw them warming up. Mm -hmm. It seemed like he was kind of a last minute scratch off there um, yes. right before the game. Do you know what happened with uh, that? I just know that in the press box we were told, uh, you know, the official injury list was released and then and then the Illinois media that was there, we were told uh, there's one more and it's an injury in the, in the last 24 hours, I think is what they said. So I think it was just a very recent thing. You saw him down there. He was he was trying to hype up the guys and, and everything else. So so who knows? But, yeah. you know, the, it, it allowed him to look at Tariq Barnes again and you know see what what it would look like if Jake Hansen went back to outside linebacker and and so you know it, it gave a different look to the defense I think all right. all right well Robert thank you so much as always for joining us and we'll do it again next week you got it